0: Hello baseball fans welcome to Sully Baseball. This is the podcast where we talk about baseball 52 weeks out of the year there is no off season, and I'm your host Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this on a beautiful sunny day outside in Burbank California. The birthplace of former Atlanta Braves catcher Biff Pokoroba. Now I'm going to pull the curtain back just here a little bit. I know some of you don't like it when I pull the curtain back but I'm still standing here. I recorded yesterday's podcast here and uh, I finished recording that maybe four minutes ago. I figured I'm going to record a second one while I'm here and I'm waiting to do this thing I'm doing this afternoon. See, I have an appointment in Burbank and I had it written down in my appointment book at for 11 o'clock and I got here at 1030 and the minute I pulled up, I got a text saying, can you meet at one? And I said, well, yeah, and so I have time to do this now. And I figured while I'm here, outside, beautiful day, why don't I talk a little baseball with you, my friends here, and we could talk a little bit about baseball as we're ramping up to the beginning of the season. Now, I want to talk about something that came up. And your pal Sully actually printed out some notes for this, so just bear with me for a second. There's been a lot of talk about pace of play and what they can do about it now the most obvious thing they can do about it is enforce the rules they already have in terms of time between the pitches and the number of times a batter can step out of a batter's box and also shortening the commercials between the games that will pick up the pace of play boom you probably shorten each game by 25 30 minutes and the games will move faster but Instead, they keep asking people who don't like baseball for their thoughts about how to fix baseball, something that aggravates me to no end. And you start hearing about rule changes. You start hearing about things they're experimenting with in the minor leagues. Now I've been on this podcast and I said, I have no problem with the pitch clock, none, zero, let's go. And in fact, I think the pitch clock should just always apply. You know, in between, that's the amount of time you have to throw a pitch. Now, if you want a a mound meeting, go ahead. Don't limit the mound meeting. You just got to do it in that 30 seconds it takes to throw a pitch. Run up, say, you're going to throw a goddamn slider, right? Sorry, Ray, but you're going to throw a slider, right? Yeah, 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 okay. Then run back to the, the, you know, get back in the crouch and throw the pitch. Speed it up. I've also made it clear that, I do not believe that length of game equals pace of play. You can have a very, you know, I've used this this analogy, you can have a long movie, you can have a long TV show, you can have a long play, you can have a long song and be riveted by it. You could have a short movie and be bored out of your mind by it. Pace of play does not equal length of game. One of the single most exciting games I've ever seen in my life was game five of the 2004 American League Championship Series between the Red Sox and the Yankees. It went 14 innings, it was longer than five hours, and it was the most riveting game I've ever seen. At least, I would say top five. And I've seen a couple of games that are two hours and 40 minutes long that were clunkers. Keep the pace moving, stay in the box, throw that pitch, let's go. You know, may, you know, make the commercials shorter, but you can't do that. You can't do that because that's where you pay the bills. That's why I don't have a problem with having a, a crawl of commercial stuff on the bottom. You know, I have no problem if you want to stick a Toyota sticker on the helmet. If that'll, if that'll make the commercial break shorter, fine fine now some of the rules that put up like we're going to start a run around second in the minor leagues which to me is it's asinine but not because i'm on the porch saying oh back in my day you had to walk to get on base no no it's because it takes away the whole element of what you're trying to do in extra innings in extra innings you're trying to get a runner in scoring position with nobody out, so you can drive them in. Now, if you want to say put a runner on first, maybe, but putting them on second means it means just a base hit wins it, and it inevitably will mean the first batter will bunt, and then they'll walk the next two to try to set up the double play. It's like the last bit of any basketball game; you know it's just going to be foul. Foul, foul, foul. Talk about pace of play. The Lord of the Rings ends quicker than the last minute of any NBA game. So there's a minute to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A minute to go. Yeah. Uh, order some Chinese food. We'll be here a while. You know, that's, what it's, that's what's going to happen in baseball if they institute this rule. Now, what i have heard people say and i do think makes sense not just in the minor leagues but in the major leagues as well if they're worried about wearing the pitchers down you know to, to protecting their arms which i'm all i'm all for that and you know not keeping a family of four hostage for seven hours. I have no problem with, in the regular season, not in the postseason, but in the regular season, saying, do you know what? If you're still tied after 12 innings, it's a tie. It's over. Now, I'm not saying all extra innings. I think 12, 12 is a, 12 is a good number. You know, extra innings. We go to the 10th, you go to the 11th. Okay, you got one more shot at this, it's the 12th. At the end of 12, if you're still tied up, guess what? It's a tie, it's a tie. And you basically look at, you could have your standings be wins, losses, and ties, and you're starting to look at that point at your winning percentage as what would get you in, to the postseason ahead of someone or not ahead of someone. And what that could lead to is some really wild bottom of the twelfths. If there's the bottom of the twelfth and you know this is it and you have any pinch hitters left and you have any pitchers you could just sort of, you can unload at that point. Any pinch runners, you don't have to save for your, you know, your, who are we going to, if we pinch run for the catcher here, we don't have another catcher. Screw it. It's the twelfth. You have some wild 12th innings. And at the end of 12, that's it. You got ourselves a tie. Now, that may be sacrilege to some people. But first of all, when you see these games that go 17, 18 innings, I love them. Absolutely, I love them. But it's usually done in an empty stadium. These are some points I've made already. That, you know, if you say we're not going to go you're not going to be here for 6 or 7 hours unless of course like the 8th inning is like a 15 run 8th inning or there's a rain delay. But 12 innings, you can't get a winner in 12 innings. Guess what? It's a tie. Move on to tomorrow. Get them tomorrow. Now, obviously this would not take place in the postseason. In the postseason, you can you play forever. If you play a 30 inning game, great. But, you know, especially like on the getaway day, you, you can understand like when the Cubs and the Yankees played a game and it wound up going 18 innings on Sunday night. I can understand, you know, obviously w- sitting on the couch watching, yeah, I have to go 30 innings, woohoo! But you're those two teams going, like, Christ sakes, we got to find our, our bullpen has to essentially throw a complete game. And what if it went to the ninth inning? You start running out and you start using position players. There was one game, and I believe it was 2012. I don't remember completely off the top of my head, but it was between the Orioles and the Red Sox where the game went so deep that both teams were pitching position players. You know, the Red Sox had a utility infielder and the Orioles had an outfielder. I don't remember exactly but who was there, I'm doing, I'm standing in the middle of a park in Burbank, but it was like, is this, is this really, if, if, if the pennant is decided by one game, do you wanna to have to be a game that's been lost by a utility infielder? So I'm all for, if that is a compromise, and I'm not a super, I'm, I'm not someone who is like adheres to all traditions. I like some of the quirks and mannerisms about baseball, and I like some of the differences. I've been on here saying I believe the DH should be in the American League and not in the National League. The fact that there is a difference between the two leagues is one of the things I like about baseball. And maybe introducing the tie if for no other reason than to prevent a team from going, you know, in the middle of June having a 30-inning game, it's not the worst thing in the world. Now, I sat down, and I, I took a look at the teams, and I'm using the cutoff point for the tie to be the 12th, not the 10th. Not the, I figured three extra innings is okay. Starting to get in four or five, I can understand why that could be a concern for teams, especially when you have a lot of pitchers in your, that you, you don't want to blow out everyone's arms. You know, in my day, shut up about your day. Your day was stupid and it is different now why don't pitchers go nine back then first of all take a look at most pitchers flamed out after a few years you know quit quit looking at the the past with with sunny glasses but you also didn't have guys in the bullpen who could throw 90 some odd miles an hour coming out the bullpen was a place for scrubs and the talent pool back then in your day was razor thin before, you know, so let's, let's not kid ourselves. We've got guys out of the bullpen throwing gas now that previous generation, are, oh my God, we're lucky to have one pitcher who could throw like that. But it's bad for their arms if you're throwing them in, a, you know, you've got to give me four innings a day, you're not expected. Twelve innings for a, save, for, a, for a tie is not the end of the world. And in fact, I took a look at the standings. And implement if all the games played out exactly where they were, except for the games that were declared a tie after the 12th inning, do you know what would have changed in the final standings in terms of the playoff implications? Nothing. Not one thing. The team that it would affect the most would have been... Oh, there are sirens going on here. This is the disadvantage when you do a podcast outside. The team that would have affected the most would have been my beloved Red Sox. The Red Sox had six games in 2017 that went longer than 12 innings. And their record in those six games was 4-2. The Yankees played two games that went longer than uh, 12 innings, and they won both of them. So the Red Sox' final standing would have been 89, 67, and six. The Yankees would have been 89, 71, and two. The Red Sox and Yankees would have been tied in the win column. The Red Sox would have fewer losses and more ties, which would, be, which would make the Red Sox the American League Eastern Division champ, and the Yankees would be the wild-card team. Guess what? Exactly as it happened. Would it have affected the wild-card situation in the National League? No. You still would have had the Diamondbacks and the Rockies playing in the wild card game. And for the Red Sox, I said, had six games like that. That is by far the most. The Yankees, as I said, had two. Do you remember the Indians had? Do you how many games the Indians played last year that went longer than 12 innings? Do you know? I'll tell you, zero. Do you how many the Nationals played that went longer than 12 innings? I'll tell you zero. Do you know how many the Dodgers played that went longer than twelve innings? I'll tell you one. So between uh, between and the Astros one, the Cubs two. So between the Yankees, Indians, Astros, Nationals, Cubs, and Dodgers. That's that's two, three four, five, six games total between those teams. Six games total would have been affected by having a tie. Ties are very rare in this scenario, assuming that the games play out the same way. Now, of course, you can't assume that really because I'm sure there was a bunch of games in the 12th inning where, like, God, I would love to pinch run for my catcher now, but if we don't score here, we got to go to the 13th. Ah, said in the speedy guy now, well, there's not going to be a 13th. But you take a look at how many teams the White Sox didn't play a single game that went to the 13th inning. The A's didn't play a single game that went to the 13th inning. San Diego didn't play a single game that went to the 13th inning. For some teams, the tie would never come into effect. And the sense of urgency that would place on the 12th inning in the regular season you know, the 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 need to prevent that run from scoring. If you're a team knowing like, okay, we're, we're gonna have to play for a tie here because we didn't score in the top of the 12th. We gotta do everything in our power to make sure that we don't have a walk-off loss here because we can walk away with a tie and not add to our loss total. You know, you don't add to the win total, you know, improve your win total, but at least we're not piling up a loss here. And, to me that makes sense there's nothing horrible about that you know the chances of one or two games a year yet that this shows up you know what that's not so bad that is not so bad at adding that wrinkle maybe to the pace of play of the 12th it's funny i started going back to previous years and seeing if it would affect it of course using the incredibly gross assumption that all the games would play out the same, which is of course impossible to do. But just using this as a hypothetical, I was looking at some really, really super close races of the past, of which the, a game here or a game there would have really changed the outcome of a postseason. The first year I thought of was actually 2015, where only a few games separated the Cardinals, Pirates, and Cubs. And I absolutely believe that if the Pirates had won the division in 2015, they would have won the pennant. Instead, they played the wild card game where they faced Jake Arrieta and no one remembers the 2015 Pirates. So I took a look at that. Turns out that that Pirate team would have had nine ties. They played nine games that went went beyond the 12th inning. But here's the thing. They went five and four in those games. The other two, you know, the Cardinals went two and three, the Cubs went one and one, and in the end, it would have been the same matchups. The Cardinals would have won the division, and the Pirates would have been percentage points ahead of the Cubs and played the Cubs in the wild card game. In the end, same result. I look at the Wild 2011 where the Braves and the Cardinals fought to the final day and the Red Sox collapsed against the Rays. Guess what? No change. No change. The Rays still would have finished ahead of the Red Sox. The Cardinals still would have finished ahead of the Rays, the Braves. One of the few years where there was a difference was in 2007. And the one difference would have been the fact that the Padres had three uh, ties that would have eliminated two losses from them in 2007, the Padres would have been the National League wildcard instead of the Rockies. That's when there was only one Wild Card team. That's the only—going back a bunch of these years, you know, it would have been the only time that it would have made a difference. I went back to the great race in 1993 between the Giants and the Braves. We were on both teams when the Giants won 103 games, but the Braves won 104 games, and there was no Wild Card yet, so the Giants won 103 games— and State Hall. Well, the, between the Braves and the Giants, do you know how many games they played that went beyond the 12th inning in 1993? One. The Giants lost one game after the 12th inning. So in the end, the Giants would have you know, been one uh, win behind the Braves and tied to the loss column and have one tie. And that would mean the Braves would be two percentage points ahead of the Giants. Frustrating, yes, but in the end, the same goddamn result. You're going, I mean, you're going through history, going through recent history, going through past history, what effect would this have negatively on the results of the pennant race? And I can see negligible. It may make the 12th inning a little more intense quick there's a game going on between st louis and san francisco it's in the bottom of the 12th a little red zone action there we know this is the game's going to be over soon hang tight so what basically will amount for is uh, unless it's a fluke season like that 2015 pirate team or like last year's red Sox team for most teams it's going to be one or two games a year this is going to be a factor one or two times you're gonna to have to deal with this. The rest of the time, most games end after nine. Most teams, when they go into extra innings, pull ahead or fall behind in the 10th or the 11th. It really doesn't affect the standings that much. And if it will help protect some pitchers in the regular season or help us say like, do you want, we're going to the ballpark, we know we're not gonna be there for seven hours, fine. Write to me at infoatssullybaseball.com or contact me via Twitter and tell me why that won't work, why that's a bad thing. Say, look, we got we're going to cap the innings. It's not going to go more than twelve, and put a little, you know, put a little sense of urgency on those twelve innings. Write to me, explain to me why that's bad for baseball. Write to me and explain to me why that wouldn't work. I think it would work great. I think it would add a new wrinkle to stuff. And do you know what? There's been enough tinkered with and tampered with with baseball tradition. Arguments from tradition, to me, make me go shrug. This could make things a little better. 12 innings. You know, after nine, it's over. But they're still going 10th, 11th, 12th. Okay, we're going home. Except in the postseason where it can go on as long as necessary. That's my thoughts. I have no problem with ties in baseball. If you have an issue with it, uh, send me a tweet at SullyBaseball. You can send me an email at info uh, You can leave a message on Facebook where I'm, where I'm at. I'm on Instagram at SullyBaseballPodcast. Um, the music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kalisky. Saying something that I cannot fathom a logical argument against. That is, introducing the tie. Why not? This has been Sully Baseball here on a beautiful day in Burbank. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.